The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Circling the Bases, proudly presented by Roto World and NBC Sports. I'm DJ Short, and with me here is Eric Samolski. We're live on Twitch right now, so thanks for tuning in. And for those of you listening in podcast form or watching later on YouTube, we are recording on Monday afternoon after another busy weekend of MLB action. So we're going to go over news coming out of the weekend, the big headlines, the fantasy-relevant headlines as well as the latest fab run over the weekend, waiver wire pickups of note. Eric, how's it going? It's going well. It's going well. Um, you know, as you said, good good weekend of baseball. Missed out on some of my fab targets. So, um, you know, there's that, that Monday morning feeling of disappointment a little bit. Yeah. But uh, but leagues are, you know, leagues are going well. I think people forget that, you know, there's still some, some time to climb standings and, yeah. you know, still some time to kind of churn – uh, especially when you know the bottom teams in the league kind of lose focus, you can you can steal some points pretty quickly um, in certain categories. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to get to this these final months of the season. Yeah, and it's also interesting. You know, people are running out of uh, fab dollars. Sure. So, the, <laughs> so your your uh, your money goes a lot further now than it did a couple of months ago, and with yeah. the trade deadline coming up in a week. That's relevant. If you if you waited in an only type league, like that's mm-hmm. gonna really come in handy. Yeah, and there were I mean, I know we'll talk about it. There were two, you know, rookie hitters in particular in this this fab period. Um, if you were in a league like the NFPC that doesn't allow you to, you know, pick up guys until they debut, um, who were worth probably putting a, a chunk of change on. Um yeah. You know, not the Ellie De La Cruz chunk that we saw earlier in the season, but you know, you had to do that math in your head. It's like, are these are you know, is this guy worth it, or do I need to spec on you know somebody after the trade deadline? Um, you know, in historically, I feel like saves are the biggest thing that gets bid on after the trade deadline. Once you yes. know closers move and and you know you get a new guy in a in a job, and so I f- I felt pretty good about where I was at in saves in a lot of leagues, so I decided to take take the plunge um so we'll see so with the nfl season quickly approaching now is the perfect time to get your rotor world fantasy football draft guide get ready for your draft and stay one step ahead of your league during the preseason with updated player rankings profiles projections mock drafts and more 
Go to NBCSports.com slash draft guide and use draft 2023 special promo code there, draft 2023 to save 20% at checkout. So go ahead and check that out. NBCSports.com slash draft guide. Maybe the biggest news of the weekend is Corey Seager hitting the injured list again, this time with a right thumb uh, sprain. He hurt his hand on a slide uh, slide into second base. Uh, it was on a head first slide on a double against the Dodgers, his former team. Uh, of course, he missed a big chunk of time earlier this year with a left hamstring strain, but that hasn't stopped him from being one of the best players in baseball this season. Uh, Seager actually doesn't qualify for the batting title, but if he did, he would lead the league. He's saying 350, 15 home runs, 58 RBIs in 66 games. So uh, a key part of that Rangers team uh, mm -hmm. now missing for, for a little while. Uh, Ezekiel Duran uh, was in the starting lineup uh, Sunday at shortstop. Uh, and likely Mitch Garver is going to see a lot of time at DH for how, however long Corey Seager's sideline. That was where Duran was getting most of his at-bats. So if you need a second catcher, I think, in a mixed league, you know, Garver is viable at, at this point with the playing time there. Um, but no doubt that is that is a tough blow for the Rangers and for fantasy managers. Yeah, it's it's a challenge. Um, and you know, I have him in one league where um, my middle infielder is uh, Tim Anderson, so it's like technically I have a shortstop replacement, but do yeah. I really? Because he's right. not really given much of anything. But yeah, I mean, I, I think you know that the as you mentioned, Duran has been the natural replacement sliding over to short. Um, so he's not that he was set to lose any playing time, but he won't. Um, and you know he'll continue to be in that lineup. Um, I did notice that on Sunday, uh, Brad Miller also resurfaced uh, from the depths. Um, and that may have had something to do with the fact that Adelise Garcia also was right. out of the lineup Sunday because he got a hit with a 98-mile-an-hour fastball in the hand on Saturday. Um, they are just calling him day-to-day, -day, so I don't think that he's going to miss an extended period of time, but it is something to to look out for. Um, and the only other note for you know that I have from the Rangers lineup is um, Travis Jankowski moved up to second in the lineup uh, in the two games uh, that Corey Seager's been out. Um, and that's just of note because Jankowski is, is actually hitting pretty well. He's had a good um, year, yeah. Uh, you know, he's um, in the second half of the year, he's hitting just under 300, but he's up over 300 for, for the year. Um, and then, you know, the steals are are kind of like where you're making your hay in, in fantasy. I mean, you know, he's got 15 stolen bases on the year. So now you've got a guy who's hitting over 300 with 15 steals who's now going to hit at the top of the lineup, so he'll also give you runs. So you've got a guy who was a two-category contributor who's now can be yeah. a three-category contributor. Um, and in deep leagues, you know, I don't think I'm – you're not picking him up in your 12-team leagues. But in deep leagues, you know, that's a value boost while Seager's out. Yeah, and Jankowski makes contact. He gets on base. He does not hit the ball hard at all. No. He doesn't have a single barrel in 133 batted balls <laughs> uh, this season, but sprint speed 88. So uh, the speed's legit. You'll love the volume near the top of the lineup. He also plays really good defense. So yep. uh, he's been a valuable player for the Rangers this year. And, and yeah, I mean, I think in a deeper mix league, he, he does make sense as, as a pickup, assuming he stays near the top of the lineup. But let's talk um, shortstop replacements. 
uh, or middle infielder replacements. Now, shallow type leagues, Tim Anderson has been a little better recently. Whether that's sustainable, we'll see. He's out there in 41% of Yahoo leagues. Orlando Arcia is available in 48% of leagues. Uh, in that Braves lineup, he's been a nice surprise this season. But mm-hmm. looking a little bit deeper uh, at fantasy, uh, shortstop eligible players, Michael Garcia, I think we both like him. Uh, Jordan Westberg with the Orioles. Uh, Zach Neto with the Angels. And then you get a little bit deeper, Mauricio Dubon, uh, Jorge Mateo, who's really tailed off since the start of the season. Luis Garcia with the Nationals. He's, I believe he's eligible at three different positions. So that's kind of what you're looking at. Out of those six names I mentioned, Garcia, Westberg, Neto, Dubon, Mateo, Garcia, who, who are you liking? Yeah, I still think it's Michael Garcia. You know, we've talked about him um, a little bit. And I I know you're not getting a lot of power from him and the batting average has fluctuated um, up and down as it usually does with rookies. Um, but he hits the ball. It's about hard. Um, hits the ball hard in the air too. So there is some potential power upside if he were to kind of raise the launch angle, which is, you know, I think like four degrees right now. So he doesn't get a lot of barrels and he doesn't hit a lot of home runs, but he, we know he makes authoritative contact and we know he can, he can run. Um, he's just going to be locked into at bats in a Royals lineup that isn't great, which is also the downside of like, you're not getting a ton of runs and in, in RBIs. Um, but I still like that, that profile. Um, I'm kind of into Willie Castro too, um, who uh, is available. I'm trying to get this figure right now. In he's only rostered in 14% of Yahoo leagues, but he has 23 yeah. stolen bases on the yeah. year. They move him around all the time. Um, you know, when Polanco comes back, there may be a little bit of playing time crunch, but we're not there yet. Um, and then another name, if you are in a league where you can pick players up like right now, like not an NFBC league, but um, Ezekiel Tovar is now rostered in under 50% of leagues and the Rockies play the Nationals for three games on the road and then they play Oakland at home. So it's a pretty nice. good week for for Rockies hitters. Um, yeah. And I, I kind of think like it's just a position where you're going to have to go week by week unless somebody who shouldn't be sitting out there is sitting out there. Shortstop just didn't really have the depth that I think we all thought it was going to at the beginning of the year. And right. I think you just piece your way through it until Seager comes back. So you mentioned the twin situation with Jorge Polanco, looking at the middle infielder potential replacements. Uh, Eddie Julien with the twins has been ridiculous recently. Mm-hmm. And I think the twins have indicated like Julian's going to play. He's going to be in that lineup when Polanco comes back. He's been Arguably their best hitter recently. Alex Kirilov has really taken off as well recently as a favorite of mine. Trevor Story is on a rehab assignment right now. I think he's worth watching uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. he He's only second base eligible. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, Wilmer Flores has been one of the hottest hitters in baseball recently. Mm-hmm. Uh, should probably be playing every day. You know, he's usually known as a lefty masher, but he's been pretty competent against right-handed pitching. This year, he's eligible all over the place, too. So those are more shallow league options, but keep an eye on Story. I'm really interested to see what he'll look like when he gets back. Yeah, he homered in his first um, rehab start in AAA. He played five innings at shortstop in that first game. Um, So, you know, I think he is going to play short. Um, You know, the question is just – They'll DH him some games, like as they ease him back in. So how quickly does he pick up that shortstop eligibility? 
Um, but I think that's a, a good option as well. And then I, I guess I should also just mention, because I have him on a few teams, but if you're in a deep league, uh, J.P. Crawford for Seattle is hitting uh, 305 over the last you know 30 days, over the last 100-plus plate appearances with, with four home runs. Um, so that's just a batting average you know, uh, fill in. Um, but another guy, like if you're really struggling in a deep league or maybe an AL only league or something like that, like, you know, JP Crawford is a name that, that could be of interest to you. So someone we're probably going to mention later, as far as the fab run is Sal Frelick, uh, was called up by the Brewers over the weekend. Uh, Frelick actually had thumb surgery to begin the year, got a little bit of a late start, uh, but he's number 17 on MLB Pipeline's top 100. The numbers in AAA were not great this year. Uh, 247, 333 on base, 342 slug, two homers, uh, eight steals in 40 games. But he is a contact machine. Mm-hmm. Um, very good speed as well. Even with the down numbers this year in AAA, 19 walks against 18 strikeouts. He's a 314 hitter over 197 games in the minors. So what we've seen so far in AAA, again, 40 games, small sample, coming back from thumb surgery, not necessarily representative of who he actually is, but 197 games in the minors, 15 home runs. That kind of tells you, you know, yeah. kind of the, the question or maybe limitations to what Frella could be in fantasy leagues. What's interesting, though, he swung the bat well since coming up. I think he had three hits in his debut. Bat is sixth in his debut. Bat a cleanup on Sunday. So good lineup real estate and a hitter-friendly ballpark. Where do you fall on, on Frelick? Yeah, I'm, I'm interested uh, for sure. I mean, I think, you know, especially in on-base leagues, um, you know, you mentioned uh, that he makes a lot of contact. You know, in in 86 games at AAA spread out for, across last year and this year, he walked more than he struck out. Um, he had an 8.8% walk rate. Last year in AAA with just a 7.4% strikeout rate. And then this year, even though he wasn't swinging the bat, he wasn't making a lot of like useful contact coming off the injury, still walked 10.4% of the time with a 9.8% strikeout rate. So you've got a guy who has a clear feel for the strike zone, um, the ability to get the bat on the ball with plus speed. So, you know, in a, in a hitter's park, so some of those, you know, doubles may turn into home runs um, just, you know, playing in Milwaukee. But that's that's a boost for you, right? That's a little kind of like cherry on top. You're looking at a guy who might hit high 200s um, with with good stolen base totals. And if they're going to hit him near the middle top of the lineup, we'll see where that kind of lineup position settles. Um, there's some decent run potential there in, in what I think is still a a decent lineup. Um, hopefully, you know, they get Rowdy Telez back and he right. rem- remembers how to hit a baseball. Um, so, <laughs> that, you know, there's some potential in the second, in the second half of the season for the Brewers to like, to pick it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think it, it depends on category needs. Obviously, if you were really, yeah. if you really needed home runs and RBIs, I don't think Frelick is, you know, the, your, your guy for waiver wires, but uh, stolen base right. and batting average, he's probably, you know, one of the better finds you'll get. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some people throw out the Stephen Kwan comp uh, fantasy-wise, and I think that would probably be the best outcome in the short term um, mm-hmm. if he could have a season like Kwan had last year. Kwan not quite as quite as good this year, but I, I could see that. That that makes sense to me. Uh, more Brewers news. Brandon Woodruff on his way back. He's been out for 
three months all season, right shoulder, or most of the season, uh, with a right shoulder strain. He hasn't pitched since April 7th, and he was really good in that start. The velocity readings were, were good, three scoreless innings in his first rehab start, and high A Wisconsin on Saturday. Only threw 32 pitches, so he's in the process of getting stretched out. It's basically like starting at square one from spring training. So you would say maybe three three more rehab starts, uh, probably mid-August or so. Uh, but if you've been waiting all this time, and like I said, the, the velocity readings were great. 97 miles per hour was his, yeah. his top uh, top speed there in that start. Could make a huge difference in, in real life for the Brewers as they're trying to uh, secure the NL Central. But, you know, when it really matters, fantasy playoffs, end of the season, you've been waiting, stashing him in an IL spot, uh, he could be – be a top 20 starting pitcher the rest of the way yeah i was i was really big into woodruff coming into the year um yeah. you know there was the the narrative that i was a part of perpetuating was you know he struggled at the beginning of last year when he d- was dealing with um you know the issue where he, he was feeling tingling in his fingers and he couldn't mm. really grip the baseball and there were just some some nerve issues and once that got settled you know, for the final like two thirds of the season, he was lights out. I mean, you yeah. know, sub three ERA, the same guy that we had seen the year before. Um, so I was really kind of buying in on Woodruff as a clear like top 10 starting pitcher this year. Um, obviously, you know, he's only thrown just over 11 innings uh, at, while battling that injury and they were a good 11 innings. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm hoping we're just going to get you know, high-end production out of him again. I think, you know, if the Brewers are pushing for a playoff spot, as they are right now, you might not see them immediately let him go seven innings out of the, uh, yeah. you know, out of the gate, right? Even when he comes back, might be a couple five-inning stints, you know, tr- try to build him up a little bit so he's, you know, fully ready to go uh, come the playoffs if they can qualify. But I think, you know, even if you're getting five innings, you're hopefully getting five really good innings with solid strikeout numbers. Um, and so if he was dropped anywhere, I'm looking to scoop him immediately because we know he's on track to, to come back. Um, and, you know, if you if you are a contending team in a trading league, he might be a guy to go and, and try to get. You know, you might yeah. have a team. He might be on a roster of a team who's out of it. Um, and they've just been holding him in the IL spot because, you know, why not? So, you know, why not make a move? You know, you get a couple of good starts from him. He could push you to the top. So the Braves have made a couple of trades today, kind of more lower level trades. Uh, they picked up Taylor Hearn from the Rangers. I, I think that's just depth, optionable depth. I think Hearn has an option left. But uh, Pierce Johnson was an interesting pickup from the Rockies here. And the Braves sent two pretty decent prospects back uh, to the Rockies. Victor Vodnik, who... Was a starting pitcher now at this point. He's just a reliever, but he's very close to uh, making an impact in the majors. Tanner Gordon, I think he was the sixth-round pick of the Braves uh, a couple of years ago. So Vodnik was the number 10 prospect in the in the Braves uh, system. So uh, I think the Rockies did well here. Pierce Johnson, if you look at his numbers this year, 6 ERA in 43 appearances, but not surprisingly, it's been much better on the road. And just a couple of years from being a very good reliever with the Padres had a 3-2-2 ERA uh, in 2021, 2-7-0 ERA in 2020. So I'm sure the Braves will like turn him into one of the best relievers in baseball here. Um, as they as they do. Yeah. yeah. So we'll we'll see what happens the rest of this week. Um, I think it's going to be interesting. Of course, this isn't really jumping off the page fantasy wise, but there was a report from Mark Feinsand of 
MLB.com this morning. Uh, and it says the Reds have told other teams they're willing to trade 2021 NL Rookie of the Year, Jonathan India, for young, controllable starting pitching. As we know, the, the Reds are overflowing with talent, a lot of infielders in their system. So at, on the roster and on the way. So uh, this is kind of one of those things of, you know, there's some excess there. You know, if they can get mm-hmm. some value, uh, they'll they'll be open to it. I've been thinking about this for a little bit, and it's it's hard for me to find the most obvious fit on the market. Everyone wants young, controllable starting pitching. Right. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't know how seriously to take it, but on the Marlins seem like they make some sense. The Dodgers maybe, too. But I, I wonder if you've been thinking about that. But I, I think Inia, it, he's slowed down from a really good start to the season, but I, I feel like teams should be interested in him. Yeah, and I I see people like oh this the Reds doing the Reds thing like you know trying to sell off because India is obviously the most expensive um, of the you know the guys in the infield right now the Ellie De La Cruz Matt McLean Spencer mm-hmm. Steer Encarnacion Strand because they're all they're, well they're literally all rookies are in their second year but I, I don't look at it as like the Reds being the Reds like India is a solid solid starter. Um, you know, I know he's uh, there's the clubhouse factor with him in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. He, you know, is viewed as a, as a leader. He is a you know 250, 260 big league hitter who will hit 20 home runs and steal you know close to 20 bases in a, in a I mean in a good season for him, and that's totally solid. Like there's nothing wrong with that profile at all. But it's not like trading away India so that your infield can be. Matt McLean, Ellie De La Cruz, Christian Encarnacion Strand is like, you know, giving is giving up or is the Reds doing what the Reds do? Like, I think right. India is somebody who will interest other teams, but the Reds are keeping guys who are probably have higher upside than than yep. Jonathan India does. You know, the Marlins, I know you mentioned that uh, to me, it's like. I don't know where Luis Arise plays other than second base. I mean, you know, the Twins moved him to first uh, because he was a pretty mediocre defender, so the Marlins could do the same thing. Um, The Dodgers seem like a natural fit. Um, You know, I would say, you know, the Giants have the Tyro Estrada injury. I know he's, you know, I think he's on the way back, so that might not be a fit. Um, You know, you look at contending teams like the Diamondbacks, aren't really making that move because of Marte. Um, yeah. You know, the could the Phillies? I don't really know. I mean, the Braves are set there. So, you know, I, and, and Bryson Stott's been playing well for the Phillies, so it wouldn't be them. I, I just don't – there's not like a – there's not any clear-cut fit here. Um, right. It, it would – I mean, the, the Brewers could use some help, but they're not going to make that trade because, um, you know, they're con- they're competing for the same exact spot. Sure. Um, yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I, I, I'll be interested to see to see where he winds up. Um, I think that he's a talented player who I think will see a dip in production moving out of that ballpark. Um, I think that ballpark has probably yeah. helped the home runs a little bit. Um, you know, an interesting thing, I've heard that um, the – the Guardians could be buyers. Um, I wonder if there would be any thought to like uh, they have a lot of young controllable pitching. I yeah, wonder if sure. there'd be any thought to you know moving Jimenez back to shortstop and putting India at second. Um, mm-hmm. Ahmed Rosario has been fine, but you know I, I don't think Ahmed Rosario should be blocking you from trying to upgrade your lineup. Yeah, especially the Guardians who need all the help they can get. 
right. offensively. So just a quick note for our listeners. It's a star-studded battle this Sunday on MLB. Lead off as Shohei Otani and the Angels. Uh, hopefully Otani will still be there. Travel north of the border, border to face Vladimir Guerrero Jr. and the Blue Jays. Find out if there will be fireworks at Rogers Center at 11.30 a.m. Eastern, exclusively on Peacock this Sunday. That is a very, very fun matchup there. Have you ever brought your magic to Walt Disney World like, hey, we came to play? Did you tip your tiara to a Creole princess or get goofy officially? When we come through, it's true magic. Because we came to play at Walt Disney World Resort. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. So I think an interesting situation is the Marlins. We, we mentioned them a few minutes ago. But the Marlins, they're, they're right in the thick of the playoff race here. Uh, A.J. Puck blew another save yesterday. Now has a 9-8-2 ERA in July with four home runs allowed. Uh, Tanner Scott actually gave up the go-ahead run on Saturday against the Rockies. But that was the first run he allowed, he had allowed all month. And he's been dominant. as a 2.81 ERA for the year. Tanner Scott only rostered in 22% of Yahoo leagues. I saw him picked up in a couple of my leagues this weekend. Um, and I, you know, with the Marlins where every win means so much, I think we could see that job change hands here. Yeah. I mean, you know, they, they have come out and said that they're, they were, they're trying to play matchups with, you know, with Puck and Scott and put them in situations that, you know, um, best fit, their skill sets, um, you know, Puck was really good for, for most, for all of June, really, um, and has struggled a bit of late. So I'm not, I'm not fully willing to give up on him. Um, to me, it makes sense for the Marlins to, you know, make a move for a right-handed reliever, right? I mean, you've got, I've never been huge on Dylan Floro. I know he's still there, but you've got Puck and Scott who are both lefties. Um, if you're trying to compete, you know, you, you might want to find a, a righty who, um, can close games for you. Not that the Mets would trade them, David Robertson, um, but you know that's a, a name that gets floated out there. Yep. The Tigers have Alex Lang. Um, you know there there are some guys like that. Uh, the Royals have Scott Barlow. Bednar um, with the know, Pirates. It would right, take a Bednar. lot for Bednar to be traded, but he, sure. I mean he should be on the block. I, I think yeah. Um, and you know the the Mariners, if the Mariners fall out of it, there's a lot of like just right-handed relievers in that pen that they you know could could look to move so they can hold you know the hold on to Munoz for future years stuff like that. So, I, I'm I'm willing to have both Scott and Puck on my roster. I think they're both 
they both have upside and ability to string together some saves. I would also just acknowledge that in three weeks, there might be another name to add into that mix. And so, you know, you're just kind of playing that, that you know, rotating the rotating chairs right now. Musical chairs. That's the game. Not rotating <laughs> chairs. It's called musical chairs. No. <laughs> so why don't you give us a, a sneak preview? Tuesdays, Eric does a uh, pitching article on rotoworld.com. So you see it tomorrow. Uh, why don't you give our listeners just a, a quick glimpse into what you're thinking for this week? Yeah. So, um, It'll feature uh, four pitchers who have made some intriguing pitch mix changes um, over the last, you know, I try to keep it as like a three start sample. Um, two of them are young starters. Two of them are kind of veterans who have seen increased performance. I guess I'll just tease with uh, the first two are uh, Chase Silseth and Steven Matz. Um, and so Silseth is a guy who doesn't have three starts of, um, of, you know, performance to, to analyze because he came up, uh, last week from the minor leagues, they called him up to start against the Yankees, um, and he did really well. Uh, he had 10 strikeouts in five and two thirds innings, gave up four hits, just one earned run, um, had a 42% whiff rate of 45% CSW. Uh, and a big reason for that was he started throwing this, you know, StatCast still calls it a slider, but it is kind of like a big sweeping curveball. Um, as opposed to this, the cutter and the tighter slider he was throwing earlier. Um, and that pitch just was ridiculous for Silseth against the Yankees. Had a 25.6% swinging strike rate. He threw it 46% of the time. Um, so, you know, that's kind of like a pretty eye-opening pitch that now we just want to see how the rest of the arsenal shakes out there. But again, we talked about the Angels and them kind of falling out of contention. There's really no reason that they don't give him a little bit of leash. 23 years old. Um, you know, was has been really good in the minor leagues. Yeah, they've yo yoed him back and forth between reliever and starter, and I think that there's some upside there for him as a starter. Um, and the, the next guy is, is Steven Matz, who I feel like is constantly talked about as like, uh, oh, Steven Matz, you know, it's the sleeper, or Steven Matz gonna break mm-hmm. out, and it never happens. Um, and you know, you know, from watching the Mets all the time, is like maddeningly inconsistent, has kind yes. of been the MO for his career. Uh, but he's been really good since uh, moving into the starting rotation again. Uh, they had him again in the bullpen for a little bit. Um, he's up to changeup usage. The changeup is his best swing and miss pitch. It's actually just his best pitch in general. Um, so that's been really good for him um, over the last couple of starts. Has really kind of improved the strikeout uh, numbers. He's got 19 strikeouts over those last three starts, which is just in 14 and two-thirds innings. Um and again, another team where maybe they're showcasing him for a trade. Um, you know, the Cardinals seem to be selling. Who knows where he winds up? Maybe he winds up in a good pitcher's park. Maybe he winds up with a team that can optimize his, you know, arsenal a little bit. Um, Matt's to me is somebody where I'm just going to ride the hot streak for now. I think that there's a change that's led to some success. I don't know how long it's going to last, but you know, he uh, he gets Arizona. Uh, which isn't a phenomenal start, but not one I'm like running away from. And then we'll see yeah. where it goes from there. But those those are two of the four guys. Um, so make sure you check out the article tomorrow for the other two. Awesome. Very good. Uh, Brandon Fott came back to the majors over yes, the weekend. <laughs> Gave up three runs in six innings, struck out six, walked none against the Reds. So pretty, pretty decent start there. All three runs allowed, though, were home runs. So he's now allowed 12 home runs in 31 and two thirds major league innings. I think it's, it's dangerous, but 
we saw enough on on Saturday. I think he had a rough first inning. Then he was like awesome for four innings and then the home run. So eh, I'm still a little nervous to use him, but at least a, a step in the right direction. Uh, yeah, I Fox. think I think they've the team has been clear that they expect home runs. It's kind of just part of the way he pitches. Um, you know, the, the fastball doesn't really miss a lot of bats, and when it gets hit, it it gets hit hard. Um, but the changeup and the sweeper both looked really good. Um, and that, you know, that changeup looked better than I had seen it in the past, so that's intriguing to me. But I think you just – you're – it's always going to be a risky option. There's always that risk for a blow-up when you've got a guy who every hard-hit ball could turn into a home run. Um, that feels like Max Scherzer these days, too. <laughs> Four home runs. Yeah, that was gave up against the the Red Sox on. Well, listen, he ran into red hot Tristan Casas. So <laughs> yes. What are you gonna do? <laughs> but yeah, from start to start, I I don't know what to expect from Max Scherzer at this point, and uh, and you know Verlander's been better recently, but it's mm-hmm. it's not the Verlander, and I, and I do wonder with these older pitchers, like you know the pitch clock when you're 38, 39, and you're trying to be max effort ish like, yeah that's got to be tough for a pitcher who's been in the majors for you know 15 years and scherzer's talked about it i mean he hasn't you know he's mentioned like the strategic element which he finds interesting about you know now like calling his own game and stuff a little bit um but he's been pretty vocal that he's not a huge fan of uh being forced to work as quickly as he's being forced to work so i think that's a component to it listen i I don't think the Mets would be crazy to float his name out there yeah. at the trade deadline. I, you know, I don't know that you could get rid of both Verlander and Scherzer because you don't have a rotation for next year, and very clearly the Mets are going to try to run it back next year and, and contend. Um, but if you got rid of one of them, you know, we know that Steve Cohen's going to spend money in the offseason because that's you know right. his mo. Uh, and I think that we might actually we might be seeing the decline for for Scherzer. Um, yeah, he's still like a pitcher, and he's still talked about how he's you know really relying on sequencing and mixing in his breaking balls, and he's not just going to overpower hitters anymore. Um, and he he has the mental aptitude and understanding of how to maximize his right. stuff at this you know without having you know the raw stuff that he used to, but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to go back to being a low three ERA pitcher. Like he can maximize the stuff as best he can, but if it's more hittable stuff, then you're always going to run into teams that are going to get you. Right. Right. Uh, The giants were mentioned as a possibility uh, for Verlander over the weekend. John Morosi of MLB.com floated them as a possibility. I could see that. Um, So, you know, I, I think we know the teams that are sellers. I think we know the logical names who could be dealt in the, in the next week. You know, Marcus Stroman, like Lucas Giolito, guys like that. But maybe we'll be surprised here. There are a lot of hurdles to trading a Verlander or Scherzer, but maybe we'll be surprised. I mean, I think like the most logical fit to me in my in my head, which it won't happen in reality because they're not that aggressive. But it's the Baltimore Orioles Mm -hmm. because they need to me. They need a frontline starter. Um, You know, I I really like Tyler Tyler Wells. I really like Kyle Bradish. Uh, but if you're going into a playoff series, um, it's not ideal. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, we know, has the ability to be one, but he's 23 years old. He's not leading that rotation right now. And if you want to talk about another team that has just like a plethora of 
of, you know, hitters and hitting prospects that they can't possibly, you know, fit into the lineup. Right. Uh, it's the Orioles. And the Orioles yeah. also have some some arms, too. You know, they've got, um, you know, they've got Drew Rahm, who's a 23-year-old lefty in AAA, who's pitching really well this year, but is behind D.L. Hall for them, just as a prospect within the Orioles organization. Um, you know, they've got some intriguing infielders, you know, with Joey yep. Ortiz. You've got, you know, Kyle Stowers um, and Heston Kirstead in AAA, who are behind Colton Kowser, who's still not even playing all the time in the major league level. So, you right. know, it, it seems like this is the year for the Orioles to, to try to make a move. I don't see an AL team that makes me go, the Orioles can't make it to the World Series. The Orioles with oh, a yeah. frontline starter have a chance to, to really make a real run. I feel like the Orioles also are, if they make a trade for a pitcher, I don't think they're necessarily looking at a rental. I think if they're going to trade one of these prospects who are not like the, the big name prospects, but kind of like the, the quality depth in any other organization, they would probably mm-hmm. be more highly touted. I think they would get a player where they would at least uh, have control next year, right. a couple of years, something like that. That would be their ideal situation. Yeah, and the reality is like Scherzer has a player option for next year. I believe it's like thirty-four million dollars or something. That is, that has historically and or a recent history been out of the price range of what Baltimore wants to spend. So I don't know that it actually lines up in that sense. I just feel like it could, right? Yeah. If 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 the ownership was just like, yeah, we'll take Scherzer next year too. We'll see how it goes. Like. They have the money to to make yeah. those moves. They just have to decide they want to spend that money. And I, I feel like on the Mets side of things, they would also, if the right player is coming back, they would probably pay. I don't know if you can actually pay toward a player option, but they would do what they could to make to make it happen financially yeah. too. Obviously. Uh, so let's uh, before we go, let's take a look at weekend fab. We already mentioned it a little bit, uh, but I actually made a bid on Sal Frelick. Uh, in my uh, and uh, my uh, TGFBI league, I had the highest bid, forty five. <laughs> I had a, I have enough to spend where yeah. I didn't feel too too bad about it. the runner up was thirteen, which I think puts in perspective where we are at this point of the year. So I needed a boost offensively because I had Jared Kelnick, and as we know, he kicked a water cooler and did do that, <laughs> and he'll be out four to six weeks. So. Uh, so many to plug in my, into my outfield there. Kyle Finnegan was picked up uh, with Hunter Harvey Hurt. He's going to play a lot. Trey Cabbage got a, a pretty high bid as well. I, I know you like him. Love Wilmer Trey. Flores was picked up. Joe, uh, Kevin Ginkle, who mm-hmm. is, I think, maybe the f- like fourth or fifth closer the Diamondbacks have used this season. Um, but he's he's on a nice run recently too. So some of the popular names I've seen. Yeah, I had I picked up Ginkle um, in TGFBI. I picked him up in in one other league as well. Um, not only did he get the last two save opportunities and converted, but like he's been pretty good on the year. Uh, you know, th- two thirty nine ERA. The strikeouts are down uh, from what we've seen in the past from him. Um, but you know, I'll I'll take not a lot of strikeouts if I'm getting solid ratios and saves. And I you know I think he's the guy for now, as you mentioned. Who knows how that will go? The the big one in TGFBI had the money. Um, I landed Christian Encarnacion Strand. Just I'm going to take a swing. I feel like you know he has gotten that kind of strikeout rate uh, 
a little bit under control in AAA so far in his uh, MLB games. That has also remained. It's pretty clear that the Reds are just rotating um, guys to keep everybody you know in the lineup for most of the games during the week. If they move India, maybe that's more full time uh, reps for Encarnacion Strand, who has kind of like game breaking, um, you know, home run ability in fantasy league. So I, I like that move and. I also added uh, in a couple 15 team leagues, I added Luis Medina, who um, I wrote about last week. And then he went out and had a really good performance against the Astros, too. He did, yeah. Um, and Medina somebody I posted a video on Twitter today. So you could check that out uh, on my Twitter account, which is at Samsky NYC. Um, but basically, like Medina, you know, he now throws a sinker that gets really good ratings on stuff plus and he can actually command it better than he can command his fastball um he's added a slider uh he added a slider in may which he's continued to kind of tweak um basically three quarters of his arsenal is new as of like the middle of may uh and so it took him a while to figure it out and i think he's figuring it out and you know i, I wouldn't add him in 12s yet um yeah but i think that he's intriguing um and then i stashed in a 12 team where I'm a 12 team OC where I'm leading right now, I stashed Chris sale um, figuring, you know, right. he'll he's, he did it through a bullpen session again um, over the weekend this week, he's facing live batters. Um, and then that will go to uh, a rehab assignment. So probably like mid August for sale, but you know, that yeah. gets you a month, month and a half of starts uh, with the Red Sox on the periphery of the playoff race right now. So I think they're going to use him to end the year. So in uh, my Tower Wars mixed draft, uh, let's see, Ginkle was the top bid of the week among pickups. Uh, but then from there, Michael Grove, Wilmer Flores, Chase Silseth, who you, who you mentioned, Tanner Scott, uh, Randall Gritchick is a, is a decent play this week, I think. Uh, Power-wise, in that Rockies lineup, gets some games at Coors Field. Uh, so it's just kind of a, a smaller group of players being bid on at this point because there's a lot of teams out of the out of the race. But yeah, um, if you have some fab dollars left, you can definitely it can go a bit further than it did a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, Mike Michael Grove is somebody who may be written about in future iterations of the Pitch Mix article I'm doing. Um, he just missed this one. Because uh, I just I don't know. we'll see if he sticks in the rotation. Um, yeah. But he he added a cutter um, on June 23rd. It was the first time he threw a cutter, and then his last start, the cutter was his second most used pitch. He was throwing it 30 percent of the time, mm. um, and you know it doesn't miss a lot of bats, but it induces soft contact. Um, and he's kind of he's abandoned um, his sinker, and so he's kind of four seam cutter curveball now. But you know just. Uh, a, a younger pitcher. I mean, he's he's 26, but young in terms of MLB experience. Who's adjusting right. and tweaking the arsenal um, at, in a good organization that's clearly involved in making those changes with him. Um, so I think that's something to, to look out for in deeper leagues. Is you know I don't know how long Grove sticks in that rotation, but he's right. you know he's making changes and seeing some success from it. Right. The Dodgers could acquire a starting pitcher uh, at the trade deadline. I think probably a logical team to look for a veteran arm added there whether it's going to be a giolito not sure about that they certainly have the prospects to do it if they want to but mm -hmm. i think they're going to get some depth in there in this rotation and remember there's no august waiver trade deadline anymore so this is the right. shot for teams to go out and get players so i don't think this is going to be the most exciting trade deadline ever 
Now, there's not going to be a Juan Soto trade, but I still think there's going to be fancy relevant stuff coming for sure. out of the next week, all of the fallout involved there. So uh, we will see you next week uh, for our next episode, talking all about the trade deadline, all the fallout involved with that. Remember to subscribe to Circling the Bases wherever you get your podcasts. You can actually find all your favorite NBC Sports shows on Amazon Music. Just head to Amazon.com slash NBC Sports. Definitely check out the Rotor World Football Show with training camp getting underway. Fantasy football prep already in progress. Also follow us on Twitter if you don't already. Eric is at SamskiNYC on Twitter. I'm at DJ Short. Take care, everyone. We'll see you next time. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.